Hello, welcome back to Beyond the Barbell with me, Manuela, and Michael from Common. How are you doing? Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, yeah, all good. We're just talking about <laughs> uh, the difference between living in the UK and living in North America, the difference in what you get in your house in terms of space. So little. Well, it's weird because even so like uh, the condo that I had, it was a one bedroom condo but like an apartment but i had a separate laundry room for my laundry machine and my uh, uh dryer right mm -hmm. whereas with you because you, you live in a one-bedroom flat you have the washing machine in the kitchen correct yeah. yeah yeah and in most houses i can't remember being to a house here in the uk where the washing machine wasn't in the kitchen or in europe in general but yeah. if you think about it even like I can think of a better place to put a washing machine. Like it makes more sense. I think when I went to Budapest and I was there for a month, it, it makes more sense that the, the washing machines there were in the bathroom. There wasn't a separate room for it, but it just, it's in the bathroom. It's not where you eat your food, you know? So yeah, yeah. at the very least in the bathroom, but I, I, if it's not in a laundry room separately, I find it completely odd no matter where I go in the world when I see a washing machine outside of its you know specific room that it needs yeah. to be in. have you seen those uh that program i think is like the tiniest houses or something something like that and yes. where they yes. try to squeeze everything most of them are in japan as well where they try to squeeze everything in just one room somehow they make it feel nice and cozy but i would be so claustrophobic and if i lived in one room where is right. my kitchen bathroom bedroom working space everything all in one it's probably cozy when it's nice and clean but if you start piling up a mess it probably would feel really bad quick yeah it gets messy real quick and especially the closer you are to the city to where things are going on to where life happens the more you pay and the less space you get yeah that's, that's, that's like anywhere that's crazy yeah well anyways going back to what we're going to talk about today uh following from our last episode if you haven't listened yet go give it a listen is a good one where basically spoiler alert everything was overrated we were meant to uh, kind of put things in categories in terms of underrated or overrated in the fitness industry. And it turns out that, guys, the fitness industry is just overrated in general at the moment. I think you set me up for that one. You you blatantly you know set what? me up to rant. And you yeah. know what? I'm convinced it's a big, giant conspiracy that you set me up. Give people what they want, Michael. They want the rents. They want the, the truth. They want you shouting at a microphone, going red in the face. This is this is my this is my therapy. We want the full Italian coming out. We're, oh no, no, you don't. I've been trying to keep that, you know, at bay. Yeah. So yeah, I I, I was trying to come up with some things that are underrated, but we'll see how it's gonna go because. I swear somewhere in the middle, we're going to end up going towards the overrated side again. Now, before we get into it, as I was listening to a podcast yesterday, The Diary of a CEO, have you heard of it? No, never. So it's really good. Basically, it's this entrepreneur and he interviews people from all realms, talk about how they got there and their life in general, 
and he was talking to someone about money and happiness and being financially driven and etc so basically the, the quote was are you being driven or dragged by your conditions by your goals basically and in that in those terms he was talking about financially are you being driven or dragged are you doing a job that you hate every day but the pay is good or in terms of fitness are you being dragged or driven by your body composition goals is this a goal that you have for yourself because you want to improve yourself your well-being your confidence maybe or is this something that you feel like it's being imposed by some external factors mm. I like that a lot. This it goes back to what we talked about in our goal setting podcast a few weeks mm -hmm. ago, where yeah, like yeah. even like when people ask me like how I stay motivated or like why like what my goals are, and like I feel like I don't do anything out of the ordinary to stay motivated. Mm -hmm. I just feel like I'm being pulled towards my goal, right? It just it's like it just seems effortless for me to go in that direction because it's like I know where like I I'm gonna end up. And yeah. I think that's what people have to really focus on is like why like. What is it about this goal that really touches you inside and like what, what, what speaks to you about it? And yeah, when, yeah. like when it really does, it's, it makes your actions easier to, to do. I know that sounds very cliche and very like cheesy when you say that, mm -hmm. but it makes sense. Like you shouldn't, you shouldn't have to be, you shouldn't have to work that hard for your goal. Yes, there, there, there's, there's, there's hard work in there, but like there shouldn't be that much mental effort to do it. In the sense of like you should you should want to do it, at least most of it yeah yeah you know I mean? no the sense it what makes the difference there is that you are being driven by it because you like what you get from it right uh, i like the process exactly the process that's right um whereas if you don't enjoy any of it and the pure reason why you're trying to go for it is something that doesn't really matter to you in truth, then is is just not worth it. So I think one thing whenever people are thinking about their goals, be it in life or in in the fitness industry or in fitness in general or your well-being, is think about do I really want to go through it and how do I want to do it is uh because that's what matters the most, I guess. And, you know, not only financially it makes a lot of sense, but I thought about it, you can apply that to nutrition, to fitness, to anything. Like yeah. if you're going to a fitness class that you hate every day, jumping around like an idiot thinking, what the hell am I doing here? Just because, you know, I want to burn those calories that I ate last night. Then you're definitely being dragged by your goal. You're not being driven by it. I, that's a really good way of putting it. I like that a lot. I'm going to use that. Feel free. It's not mine either. It's <laughs> <I don't> <laughs> so uh, I remember watching this documentary about a, a brand that was uh, popular back in the early 2000s. It was called Von Dutch. Mm -hmm. And the documentary is called uh, The Curse of Von Dutch. Mm, I remember and that brand. It was so popular in the hip hop. The trucker hats. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So like, you know how you mentioned how like it's not yours, that quote? Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, um, so Von Dutch was a artist. And so a couple people that created the brand took Von Dutch's artwork and created the brand with it or something mm -hmm. like that. And uh, Von Dutch, the actual artist, uh, in a letter he wrote, um, 
you know, feel free to use my art because it's not mine. It's everybody's. Everything that you've ever thought of, everything that you've ever done creatively, whether it's artistic or if you've written something, mm-hmm. all comes from what we are exposed to subconsciously, right? So mm-hmm. I may have a design for my t-shirt, but it was influenced by other brands, other things that I've seen as a child. It's just, yeah. it, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a big compilation of what I've been exposed to. Yeah. So is it really my idea when it pops into my head or is it just my subconscious that's kind of bringing it up? Yeah. I thought that was such an interesting thing because, you know, like we're just sharing ideas and yeah. very seldom is it that it's completely yours. That is so true, especially with the internet where you're exposed to so many different ideas from different people and you end up, you know, being influenced by these ideas, like you said. And I think it's it's a matter of ego talking louder than what the actual value of the lesson is, isn't it? Like the guys from Prescript come up with like brilliant exercises, warm-ups that you look at and you see the reason why they're doing it and you see that that can benefit you as well and then translate that into your training as well but not at not one time I've heard any of them going oh you stole my idea or you're using that for your content when it's actually my idea it's nothing like that because if you really care about the value of the information you want to share it with other people and you're happy that other people are using that to their benefits as well you know yeah not just now thinking about it from an egocentric perspective where they're like I came up with this please don't steal it from me you know great ideas are going to be uh replicated again and again and again and obviously some some of it might be changed improved but you know when you put an idea out there to the world that's what happens you can't keep it all to yourself right no it's like when people uh, name and exercise after themselves. Mm-hmm. It's kind of weird. What is it? The cast delete bridge? Yeah. And I'm just like, dude, really? Like you had it. Like, <laughs> no, I'm not sure if he's the one that he, he probably did it himself. He said it, but I'm just like, it's just a hit. It's like a halfway down hip bridge. It's not even anything yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. like you really, you name that again. Like it's so stupid. And, and then you well, know, it, it, what bugs me is that like people that don't even know who Cassim is yeah, so yeah. Oh, I'm doing the cast like dude like really just stop it stop I I do give credit to Polyquin though you know I was never a Polyquin fan at the time it was like boom, like mind-blowing the stuff that yeah. he came up with and nowadays we're like mm, actually <laughs> yeah well like even like a lot of the um uh like the Ben Patrick ATG method mm-hmm. like his like his split squats like the very like deep yeah. forward lunge all comes from Poliquin. Yeah. So you, you, see, you need someone to come up with the idea and then we all work on developing the idea further and further. So it's a teamwork. So that's why we can steal that quote. Yeah, yeah, yeah we can. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I like the nationalities claiming exercises though, like the Bulgarian split squat, the Copenhagen plank, the but Romanian I, deadlift. Right, but I feel and What like do we have? Was- Brazilian butt lift. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And the Brazilian wax. Um, Yeah. uh, But uh, I feel like the Romanian deadlift and the Bulgarian, I feel like those were earned. Like those names were earned because they were like try tested and true back in like that era when it was a feat of strength, right? People were like, it was like Olympians doing that, not a bunch of people that want a booty lift. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? I love the Russian kettlebell swing and the American kettlebell swings. American got there and went, Russia, we're going to take it up a level here. And and they're really, if, if we're, if we're going to get, if we're going to get, you know, to being ranting here, there really is only one kettlebell swing and it is the Russian kettlebell swing. There's no such thing. The Americans is, is a dumb idea. And they only did that because CrossFit needed to measure Okay, one swing is from like, you know, hip flexion to overhead. That's mm-hmm. the only reason why we have the American swing, but it's not really a swing. Yeah, but Americans, hey. Okay, don't get me started. Uh, all but right. I do want to move there. So we'll have to have a prescript uh, networking. I hate that word networking. A prescript uh, uh, hangout in Miami. Yeah, yeah. It never been. That would be great. Yeah, it's like Brazil. Yeah, well, Brazil's a little bit far away for (laughs) to get a meet up there. (laughs) Uh, Right, let's get into it then. So, okay, number one thing that I actually thought about this for a while, and I thought, you know what, most most of the time, this is an underrated topic. It is uh, warming up appropriately, so doing an appropriate warm up before your workouts what do you think underrated or overrated in your opinion okay so uh i think the typical warm-up is overrated so like from like a hey let's hop on the treadmill for five minutes let's get your quote-unquote blood pumping um like i've also seen like it, it still boggles my mind when i see like circuit training yeah. instructors be like all right we're gonna warm up with jumping jacks and squat jumps i'm like that's not a warm-up that's like you going full-blown into like your workout yeah now what's underrated is understanding um you know what warm-up you should be doing i I call it movement prep right what's underrated is knowing what movement preparation you should be doing for your lift that you're gonna do that day so if you're doing a so like, for example, if I'm doing a heavy squat session, my movement prep usually looks the same across the board for upper and lower. But for example, on a lower body session, you know, like my movement prep will be like something like a either um, a walking lunge um, or a uh, single leg RDL, maybe mm-hmm. some Copenhagen planks to get my obliques and uh, adductors. But that's specific to me because I have some some issues with my adductors and my internal rotation. Mm-hmm. I think what's underrated is specific warm-up prep for you specifically. Mm-hmm. Yes. That makes sense. Yeah, 100%. Um, how do you kind of, do you have phases of your warm-up or movement prep as per se? For example, do you start with, mobility and then move on to some type of movement that is more like loaded movement and then you go maybe into like an uh, isolated muscle before you start going into your yeah so um, so i i i personally do not do any mobility work whatsoever that's just me personally oh you're triggering some people here i know i know <laughs> uh i i don't like it i think it's useless for me personally hmm. um you know uh yeah so i, I don't think I, I can't remember the last time i stretched i really don't yeah. so stay, so my that one we're getting that <laughs> yeah so i so i um so but, but the phases are this i'll, I'll go through my exact warm-up mm-hmm. put my headphones in Crack open an energy drink, take a sip, put on some really good music, okay? 
And that's the start of my mental prep. I kind of get into the zone. Maybe like a couple minutes if I'm like on the turf area, I kind of get myself feeling really good, get my swag on. Right. And then I'll start with some stability work, uh, whether it's like a bottoms up press. I've been really digging the kettlebell windmills a lot. Yeah. I'll do some like, you know, push up to downward dog, uh, some walking lunges, some hip um, airplanes, or even like a single leg RDL. And I'll probably go with like one set of that just to see how I feel and how I move. I'm like, does anything feel weird? Mm-hmm. And then I assess, do I need mobility work at that point? Yeah. Right. So like, if I feel like I'm stiff and tight, then I'll, I, I might hit a mobility, but I, but it, it's rare that that happens. Mm-hmm. Usually once I'm like, okay, I feel pretty good with that. Let's go on to my warm up set for my main lift. So if it's a yeah. squat, then I'll prep my squat. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it might be like a counter lever squat just to see if my hips feel good. Yeah. And then I'll literally go through my sequence of my barbell warm up. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. That's kind of like my, my, my steps to warming up. No, yeah, that makes sense. And I really like that you mentioned the warm up before the warm up, the, the CNS warm up, where you're just firing up your senses and everything. And I feel like with clients, this starts from the moment they walk into the gym. So sometimes it depends, or even if you see that they're like stressed or not quite there, sometimes the warm up specific warm up for that session might be dragged a little bit longer. I drag it a little bit longer until they're in it, not because. Mm-hmm they might need a little bit more mobility or they might need a little bit more of this exercise or that exercise, but because they will need to be there in that session, focused on it. And if they're not focused on it from the first two, three minutes that we are moving around and focusing on their bodies, then maybe I'll drag that into four or five minutes. It's the same thing with like, I think I've had this discussion a few times before and I I heard other guys as well in the group talking about this, about the foam roller. In reality, it's not doing much. You definitely don't, don't need it. But at the same time, if that's something that makes you feel good and makes you feel like you're ready after that, you're ready for the session and, you know, psychologically is doing something that to the CNS, not to the muscle itself, not um, kind of releasing the muscle fibers or the myo- myofascial release is just something that makes you feel good. So, yeah. Okay. Why not do it then? Like if you have an extra five minutes or whatever, do it. But just know that that is not necessary. You don't have to rely on that every time in order to have a good session or to do your movement, right? Yeah, no, I I, I think, yeah, like at the end of the day, no one's going to force you to do something or not do something. So like if it makes you feel good, if it's part of your preparatory you know, phase of getting yourself into it, go for it. Do it, please. Yeah. I'd rather you do that than, than nothing at all. Yeah. What's what's your sequence of warming up? So for me, it depends. I had a few niggles, um, especially like hamstring niggles. And now I work on my hip mobility, for example, a lower body day, let's say. I start with mobility uh, and then go into some stability exercises. And then I always, now I try to do an isolation movement before I get into it. For example, on my uh, squat day, uh, because I've been working on this hamstring niggle, I'll get in, I'll do my hip mobility drills, and may, may do some unilateral movement, either like front foot elevated split squats or Cossack squats uh, loaded, 
um and then like maybe some hip airplanes into mm -hmm. sprinters pose depends on what what is feeling like on that day and then i'll move on to uh like a hamstring curl seated hamstring curl because first also that allows me to think okay here we are and kind of send that signal or at least in my head i'm sending that signal to my muscle to say hey good morning you're about yeah. to work in a minute you know <laughs> let's get going here and then after that i feel like right ready to attack my squats otherwise before before that when i wasn't kind of applying that so much um to my squats or deadlifts or whatever i would get maybe it would take me a couple of sets to get proper into it like a couple of warm-up sets to then start the proper uh bleeding up, up right. to my main 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 lift yeah yeah that sounds about like what i do more or less um yeah. Yeah, no, no, that was my next with, with clients. So, so with a beginner client, how do you switch that? Because obviously, like you're seasoned, you know what you're doing. You, you, you like you know what's in your mind. Yeah. How do you how do you change the sequence for your clients now? So I usually, you know, what I hate when they come late because then, like, if they come late, especially like in a small group session where I'm taking two or three people into a warm-up and we're owning the flow of it and then somebody comes and kind of like interrupts that i always tell people like come at least try to come a couple of minutes earlier or three minutes earlier or let's say it's a one-to-one -one, i would spend two or three minutes on that treadmill or on the cardio machine like to slowly get into it not because of the blood flow being sent to the muscle and raising the heart rate but because especially after that we'll go into mobility anyways they're going to bring the heart rate back down so it doesn't make sense but just for again them to feel like feel the environment more like it because yeah. especially in the gym especially if they're new beginner and kind of everything there's so much stimulus in the gym already in your head that you're not focused in your own exercise you're thinking that guy's looking at me this person's looking at me or whatnot you want to make them feel comfortable before they start doing their own thing mm -hmm. so i would take them into two or three minutes of chit chat kind of like maybe see how they slept if they ate all right you know where they're at on that day and that would then dictate how the rest of the session would go on uh, and then obviously specific to their kind of if they have injuries or what they're doing on that day might do some bended stuff might do some cable stuff maybe some curls before because also i don't want to spend 10 minutes doing a long warm-up because then they lose the momentum you know they get to the gym ready to work out they're ready to go and then you make them spend 10 minutes just warming up mm -hmm. that that is also the other end of the spectrum is unnecessary yeah yeah i like that a lot um when i sequence for clients so like usually when i work with clients they're usually in the beginner phase intermediate but still beginner and like they're they're lacking certain ranges of motion so like if if i do mobility work with my um clients it's there's probably like one or two that i'm kind of it's like my go-to the first one is a posterior hip stretch to get more of like the hip cap, the posterior hip capsule. So it's one where like um, you're, it's like doing a figure four glute stretch, but like you're, I don't know if you're, I wish I could demonstrate it, but it's like you're you're on all fours, um, one knee's on the ground, and then yeah. you take your other leg to wrap it around the other knee, and then you kind of sit back onto your hip. 
I think I, I can picture what you said. Um, yeah. It's just so that we can kind of str- and then and then we, and then we like a rock like that. Well, yeah, 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 a bit of a rock just mm-hmm. to get that hip capsule to like stretch a bit, especially if they if they've been sitting all day, mm-hmm. um, or I'll even like to hold that position. So once they feel that that deep stretch in the in the hip capsule, yeah. I'll have them just inhale through their nose, pretend as if as if they're feeling that the air is going into their hip, but it really isn't going into their hip, mm-hmm. but like the pressure gradient goes towards their hip and it kind of expands yeah. um, their, their hip more. So I'll yeah. do that one a lot with a lot of my clients. And then uh, some type of like uh, preacher stretch for the thoracic, just to kind of get them into more external rotation. Yeah. But then I, but then I, I quickly lead that with like um, stability work into their first warm up set. So I kind of, I, I, and I learned this from prescript. It's, it's like, you know, you go from like your basic drills that you want to do for mobility, maybe into some stability, then right mm-hmm. into your working set to see how it flows. Right. So I try to really, it's almost like telling a story. You're, you're, yeah, you're sort of like, it's almost beginning. like a choreography has a start, or like a beginning yeah. and a hundred percent. Um, and this is the thing where like, we know this and we have this in our head and we know where this is going and we're leading it them like step by step. But for people when they come to us is like oh oh well like or you put a warm-up in like a with an online client or something that is specific to them and has a reason for that and they look at it think is unnecessary just skip and go straight into the main lift and you're like ah, why, why? I, I, I still have clients that are like that and like it's it bothers me but i also understand what they like why they don't like it yeah um I, i've had I, i've had a client for a while now and he he he'd rather like so if i have like just one minute of something whether it's a stretch he literally doesn't want to do it because he mm. thinks that that one minute could be better suited to like go towards a result yeah and I'm just like but like you're it's not yeah because yeah. like it's it's annoying right how people don't but but again like and maybe that's because a lot of the clients have done like 30 minute foam rolling sessions before yeah. the training and they don't, and they don't want that. Exactly. Or they're sitting down all day that, that hour that they have to exercise, they think they have to be moving all of the time, which uh, leads me nicely to the next one that I, uh, I put this as underrated, right? Okay. Because talking about like in general, uh, see what I see with clients and what I've experienced with, rest periods and actually taking the appropriate rest periods in between your sets what do you think of that um yeah so uh underrated for sure Mm -hmm. so do you prescribe rest periods obviously on the main main strength lifts or whatever but how do you prescribe and how do you translate how important that is to your clients so I had so this was this is actually a really good topic because I had this conversation with um, Greg who came from London, Ontario, and we trained together um, last Friday, and and Greg's part of the pre-trip community as well. Um, yeah. So we, we were talking about how like he echoed what I was thinking and he said it out loud because so he, so he's 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 a bodybuilder and yeah. he's in his um he's in his off season but so he's prepping for his 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 next show and. Um, he, he goes, I'd rather do, uh, like two really hard working sets than four to five sets of like 10 to 15 reps. Mm-hmm. Totally. Because he can get so much more out of those two sets from a psychological standpoint 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Because it's just two sets yeah. pushing near like complete failure. And he goes, what I've done is I've taken a longer rest period in between those sets. He mm. goes, because two things happen in that time when you take a longer rest period, you're able to push the intensity far greater than if you just rested 60 seconds, let's say. Right. Um, and you get more of a pump. You, you, you would think that the less rest period you get, you get more of a pump, which is true. You'll get more of a pump, but the relative weight load that you're using is, is decreased. Yeah. So if you take a longer rest, you could actually lift heavier weights for more reps and elicit more of a st stimulant for uh, muscle building. And you'll get more of a pump if that's what you're chasing yeah. off of that. So yes. So like, so all that to say is I agree. I'd like resting a lot in between sets because it allows me to fully cover so that I can put a lot more um, intent into my lift. Yeah. So to answer your question, how I program it or how I prescribe it is um, like I'll write it into the program saying, Hey, like rest 90 to 90 seconds to two minutes, you know, mm -hmm. um, or, 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 or I'll put like, or until you feel fully recovered and, and ready to go. Mm -hmm. And the way I translate this to most of my clients, especially if they're like body or if they're like, if they're hypertrophy focused clients, I'll be like, the longer rest you take, the more you're going to be able to build more muscle because you're able to push harder. Yeah. And they're like, Oh, that makes sense. Awesome. Okay. I'm going to rest a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Where it gets hard with people is when they're like fat loss clients because they've read the women's health or the men's health magazines that say, you know, superset these three exercises to torch fat, you know, rest only 45, which I understand from a metabolic standpoint, mm -hmm. but you're also missing the boat of applying really good force into that muscle. Yeah. Yeah. What are your 100%. thoughts? There's so many holes to dig here. Um, so the first I think it makes sense what you said about getting the pump. Like you, if your goal is an immediate effect, having the immediate effect of having the pump, then yeah, great. Like 30, 45 seconds rest in between sets to just get that pump. Brilliant. But you, you're going to be able to get so much more of it in the long term. And if your goal is actually to build muscle mass over the weeks and over the course of that, that, um, that mesocycle, you'd get a lot more if you actually rest properly. So that's uh, definitely one point there. Um, the second one, like you said, is Two, two things so when they when you tell them when you feel ready to go again um some people are really good at gauging when they feel ready to go again and some people are not I can be at fault sometimes to think that I can go again and then I go again and I fail the rap <laughs> and I'm like oh there you go. So I was not ready to go again. So for some people, it's much better to have literally a clock next to them or nearby or literally the phone just pressing go and stop to make sure that you're taking enough rest. Uh, because like we were talking about, the it depends on the muscle fibers type that you have as well. You might be able to recover quicker, but then it also depends on your sleep and and how you ate the night the before the workout and everything mm. like that. So I think in some days I might need a couple of minutes. Some days I might need three minutes. Um, and the third thing with that is um, 
CrossFit people. I remember I had a, a client, two of them, one of them, a male that was, that came off of CrossFit into more resistance training, strength training focused. Of course, he was working on some injuries already because, you know, as mm -hmm. CrossFit does, it injured him. So um, he came and he, everything, all the, all the exercises, I know we, and I'm not talking about tempo today. I'm not talking about tempo, right? But <laughs> all the exercises, he would like just rush through it, have as little rest as he could, and get back to it because that's the mentality that he had because of CrossFit, because of the AMRAP, because of as many as you can within that period of time, you know? So depending on the modalities, they end up bringing that into a different right. realm, into, into the gym, into their own workout when that shouldn't be the case. And another, another client, a female client who also came up from CrossFit, she, this was like right at the beginning when I was, uh, when I first started as a PT and she was uh, kind of, I didn't know how to translate this into saying, no, you do need to rest. She wanted to work. She wanted the whole 60 minutes to be all moving, moving, moving. She wanted to finish the session out of breath. She wanted to be sweating or it was not a good session. If we were like, I had to like come up with conversations in between the sets to make sure that she was, she was resting, you yeah. know, come up with like, weird things like so what do you think of the moon last night or something like stupid like that because then it would force her to rest a little bit you know and she one day I had enough I kind of had enough of it and I went right let's go super like it was a, a roll or something like that let me go heavy here like heavy heavy and see mm. how she's gonna do on the next if she doesn't want to rest how she's going to do on the next step right so she does it and then again she's there like it was a, a super set so she moved on to the next exercise and then went straight back onto the first exercise and she couldn't get two or three reps out of it she was struggling loads with it already she was like oh what happened i was getting like eight nine reps on the last one and i went yeah but that's um you know maybe if we rest a little bit like mm -hmm. just just you know give it 60 seconds we'll see how many we're gonna get so she actually had to force herself to stop and like breathe grab a drink and then it was you could see that she was like I need to get I need to go home I need to go home but once it hit 60 seconds she got obviously she didn't get as much as the first set because it wasn't an up still but she got like a couple of or three more reps before uh, more than what she did before and she was like oh yeah Oh yeah, you, yeah, you were right. But did that change the way that she trained by herself without me there? Not really. No, but like most people that don't take any rest and they and they go from one thing to the next aren't working hard. Yeah, they're just right. they're just Worth going about their motions yeah. and because if they were, I mean, like you know how it is when you're working super hard, you need like like you don't have a choice but to rest because you're like I can't do another set yet. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And mm -hmm. like. I guess one rant that I'm going to get into now Ooh, yes, is, is just, and maybe I'm projecting onto the world. So I'm sure I'm just projecting onto like my own shit onto other people. Mm. Uh, that's how I'm going to make this be okay. Right. It's just like most people aren't self-aware of their surroundings, of 
how they feel mentally. They're just like, oh, I'm good. They just sort of like go about I'm like, you know, so like not knowing if you're quote unquote ready to go for your next set or if you, if you feel like recovered, it's just a little bit of self-awareness to know like, okay, hey, like what, like wh- what is my being currently doing? Do I like, like how do I currently feel? Mm-hmm. It's a question that people should ask themselves every minute. Yeah. I'm always, I'm always thinking about like, okay, hey, how do I feel right now? What's going on? Like, I'm always I'm trying to be being present, in being the present. So it's like people just like when, when it's like people just want to be told everything. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like no, figure it out yourself. Anyways, yeah. I don't want to go twenty on that rant, but the, so the, no, the whole thing about like rest period, it's like just you're gonna be okay. Just like figure it out. Yeah, exactly. And it's the same thing with like using your mobile phone whilst your ex is away, whilst you're doing uh, your workout, you know, like find like recording a video here or there. But yeah. if you catch yourself going on Instagram in between your sets or messaging people or things like that, you're just like, you're suddenly that caught your attention and you're no longer as focused as you were before. So having the rest period is necessary, but doing how to rest properly without you know getting out of the zone is m- even more important and even i'm I, i'm guilty of doing that mm-hmm. more often than, than than i like to admit um and it's true like you get out of the zone a little bit like you really especially if you get like a message or get a dm and you, mm-hmm. you kind of get sidetracked a bit especially if you're like doing like heavy working sets yeah. especially like if I'm doing like lower body session, I need to be very focused. Cause then I, I, it's mentally draining for me. Exactly. Um, but actually, uh, yesterday when I did my front squats, I did heavy front squats. I actually did my last two working sets without my earbuds. So mm-hmm. I just wanted to be like just a gym environment sound. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't have my headphones. Cause I find that sometimes my headphones are so loud that I can't really think and, and feel yeah. what I'm feeling. It, it, it was, thoughts. yeah. It was a different sensation because I'm like, oh, like I can't rely on my music to keep yeah. me distracted from what but I'm doing. But then if the gym music is shit. Oh, it was garbage. Out. It was terrible. Yeah. It was terrible. But I'm like, whatever. I'm like, this is just part of yeah. the environment. Sometimes you know? I like doing that in terms of like stopping the music, but keeping my headphones like mm-hmm. noise blocking ones. That mm-hmm. really helps. I've been kind of challenging myself and I've only done this like two or three times, but actually putting my phone on airplane mode or just, Smart. you know, uh, downloading my my playlist, uh, taking my headphones, putting it on airplane mode, because you know what? I tell myself, right, I have a, a thousand things to do, but I'm always thinking of what's the next thing, what's the next thing. I need a moment to focus on what I'm doing right there and then and focus on that moment on and being in the zone. Um, and you know what? The world is not going to end in one hour that you spend away from from social media or away from, you know, your phone because uh, it's very likely that nothing's going to happen in that one hour. You're not going to miss out on a huge opportunity. You're not going to miss out on anything, especially because, like, with clients, I always encourage them to take their phone, like to leave their phone away anyways. So, you know, to not bring even their phones to the session. You want to record something? I'll record it. Do you want to do something? Like, I'll do it. So with myself, I feel like I need to be more aware of it as well. Yeah, I like that. Uh, I like the whole playlist thing, like downloading it before. That way you can put your your phone on airplane mode. I also thought, I also noticed that when I just let my playlist um run through without having to change songs yeah i get yeah. more into a focused workout 
what happens sometimes, and maybe a lot of the listeners also get like this, where it's like you're trying to search for that next best yeah. song, and and it and it puts you out of sequence, out of focus, and so mm-hmm. I'll just like pick an album or pick a playlist, and I'll just let it run through. Yeah, it's a form of no. This is the process I'm gonna go through. You got to you got to go for a thing though because you don't want to be like on your top sets of squats and Shakira starts playing on your headphones yeah. and you're or maybe going you're down to booty, hips don't lie. I mean if you're if you're building a booty it might be Yeah, ex- exactly. It might motivate you. Right. <laughs> right. Um so let's move on from that one. Uh so going back to kind of where we were talking about and we mentioned this before the podcast as well. So talking about mobility and you said you you haven't done a uh you haven't stretched in such a long time. Uh so we have two different situations here where I think stretching is definitely overrated, uh but training your muscle in different ranges uh has value to it what are your thoughts oh this is such a heated debate because like the whole stretching mobility thing it's like i don't think it's a bad thing to stretch yeah we're talking about um not dynamic but uh but like like static 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 stretch yeah just because i don't do it doesn't mean that i don't see a value in it Mm. You know, so, but now like where, where I see an issue with it is if you're always stretching and it's not improving, if you don't have a purpose for what that stretch is doing, if if you don't have a rationale for what that stretch is supposed to do, Mm. then it's kind of pointless. So for example, if you're constantly stretching out your hip flexors and your you know, your glutes, your, your hips, because you want a deeper squat and you're in your stretching, mobilizing your ankles because you want a deeper squat, but your squat has not improved. Mm-hmm. That's where I have the issue with, because it's like, you're, it's maybe, maybe it's not that you have quote unquote tight hips or ankles. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just, you don't have weak, maybe, weak hips. Yeah. It could be weak, or maybe you just don't know how to squat as a skill or maybe you just thought you haven't been taught how to squat or maybe you need different constraints to help you i mean I, I did a perfect video of this the other day about like how to squat ass to grass without having to mobilize your hips like you just got to practice how to shift your center of mass back mm-hmm. um i call that the uh patella squat i'm kidding <laughs> trade market trade market yeah right um so like but now let's say you're 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 needing to work on external rotation of the shoulder because you're missing that range for your pull-ups. Well, maybe doing a preacher stretch is maybe a good thing if it opens up some level of capacity to, to then work into the stability. And now when you get into your pull-ups, you feel like you have that range. Mm-hmm. But it's the exercise, so it's the pull-up or the lat pull or whatever you're doing for that for that range that's going to create the change that you have more external rotation it's not it's not the stretch that's doing it it's the nervous system aspect of the training element so if you're able to do a stretch and it puts you into the position that you you're looking to train and then you train that position through mm-hmm. stability and strength mm-hmm. that's what's going to elicit the change to make your external rotation of the shoulder better over time it's not the stretch yeah exactly it's 
it, unless your goal is flexibility, I guess working the yeah. muscle in that range, in a range that of movement that we're doing is a lot better than than actually just static. And it goes back to like the immediate result of immediate release and it feels it feels good at the moment when you're you know stretching your hamstrings is that is that I although I hate stretching my hamstrings uh mm. is that thing of like in your head is like oh it hurts then it must be good for me uh when in fact just doing like an RDL can be more beneficial but in general you don't need to spend like or just do a whole session a whole day just for mobility or just for stretch yeah add that much to to your workout like you said if you really want to improve in one movement pattern just do more of it yeah like i'm not a fan so it's funny right because i remember before kelly starrett Nobody really gave that much attention to stretching and mobility, especially like when I was moving into the industry back in 2008, it was like just your basic stretches that you would do, right? Like your quad stretch, your pec stretch. Yeah. And then, and then Kelly Sorette came about and then did all these banded mobilizations. And so now like, and I still see trainers with their clients spending like a good 10, 15 minutes doing a bunch of like band distractions with their, you know, with their clients. And I'm like, yeah, that has a benefit up to a certain point if yeah. you're looking to train that range. But um, yeah. like it, it's like pull apart on squat day. Yeah, I mean, I still like my pull apart. I haven't done them in a while. Um, but yeah, like it's just I don't know, man, because OK, so let's say you're trying to stretch out your hamstrings because they feel tight, but you just have a pelvis that is unstable. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe your pelvis is the cause of your tight hamstrings because you're in this anterior anterior pelvic tilt not that that's a bad thing to be an anterior pelvic tilt. you just you're going to have more of a lengthened hamstring so stretching that hamstring isn't going to do much because your pelvis is unstable mm-hmm. so maybe you just need to like learn stability of the pelvis and and create that stability in order for certain muscle groups to kind of like just not be so much on tone yeah yeah that's right you know talking about stretches it really reminds me of like the uh, movies that back in the days like the 2000s movies or something they would show someone exercising and they would do like that over the head kind yeah. of like to the side stretch and then holding one leg behind you for the quad stretch mm-hmm. and like kind of moving your hips around yeah. before they run it's just like we've come on guys we've improved <laughs> we've moved forward so let's do that let's not stay back on the mr motivator day like, I don't know if I have a clear cut answer or thought about because stretching can work and it helps. Yeah. And, but it's also like overrated. Um, but that doesn't mean that like you can like, I'm sure if I stretched my hips and hip flexors, my squat would probably sensation wise feel really good. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it would because yeah. I'm changing the nervous system yeah. with an input and it might alter my perception of what my hips feel like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's not, that's not good or bad. It's just what it is. It, it, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a sensation. Yeah. I remember, um, so, you know, David Goggins, I can't stand them. I remember I was listening to a Joe Rogan podcast interview with him and he was like, 
yeah, I, I was just having these headaches and everything in my body. And I had never done stretching ever before. So he, he said he started doing stretches and he felt so much better. Like his headaches were gone and whatever. But he goes to the extreme. This guy, this guy was running like marathons every day. Mm-hmm. Obviously for him, it will be beneficial to do anything else rather than that like you know yeah so focusing on the stretch for him would be amazing but for someone who works out two three times a week and you know is generally active in terms of they walk a lot or whatever it might not be as necessary to take to do stretches every single day 15 minutes of stretch morning and evening or whatever but if it makes you feel good again if it makes you feel good what's up yeah because I'm trying to think of like, yeah, it's a, this is a hard thing to, to really speak about because it, it, it does work for some people that I, 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 I program some stretches for people, you know, um, I just don't think it's necessary all the time. So like, for example, have you ever done a squat after you've done a Romanian deadlift? So you do like three, four sets of Romanian deadlift with a certain percentage of weight. Yeah. Right. And then you go to a squat. Mm-hmm. Your squat feels really good after that. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're looser, like, 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 like nervous system wise, you've, you've, you've altered your nervous system to feel a different sensation. That's right. Um, right. It feels like you have looser hips because yeah. you've, you've stretched out your hamstrings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a real thing that can happen. So if you want to stretch your hamstrings, before you do any activity yeah go for it like it's not gonna hurt you are you doing like a lat stretch before you go into a front squat or something yeah like that's cool even like the banded distraction lat stretch is great like Mm -hmm. you know you hit that a couple times just to kind of feel it out a bit then you go into your sequence of some stability work then you might do maybe a lat pull down to get that um with an eccentric to get more of a stretch in the lat and then your front squat feels better yeah cool yeah. But to spend like hours stretching, probably not, especially yeah. if you're not working on the skill component of your movement. Yeah. So if you're stretching your calves all day, yet your squat looks like shit, it's not your calves that are tight. It's your squat that's shit. Yeah, so practice exactly. the skill. That's so true. Look at the bigger picture always. Don't zoom mm-hmm. in so much. Sometimes take a step back and look at the bigger picture and that applies yeah. to in life i guess all we need to do is take a step back and look at the bigger picture yeah um you can't see the island when you're in the island isn't it so yes i like that island to see it wow that's like that's like permanent vacation yeah you can't see the island because you're not because you're on so to be in the present moment look around you because you're on the island yeah Mind mind blown. All right, last one, last one. Um, so last one I have here written as underrated because, in my opinion, it's underrated. Okay, is pre-workout nutrition. Uh, people put a lot of attention into post-workout nutrition and what they're gonna have after the workout, getting my protein after the workout, you know, or pre-workout pump pre-workout having the vitamins for my work, you know, citrulline, malate, Mm -hmm. and 
uh, whatnot and, you know, my pump juice or my caffeine or my monster, whatever. Uh, but they don't think about the pre-workout nutrition, which I think is even more important because that's what's going to dictate first how your digestion is during your workout, how much energy you have during your workout and how hard really you'll be able to go. What do you reckon? So so you're you're saying that post-workout or, you know, like pre-workout is underrated? Pre-workout nutrition is underrated. Post-workout nutrition is overrated. Sure, yes. So like, yeah. So um, going back to like warm-up sequence, okay? Mm -hmm. There's also a nutrition a nutrition sequence. So my, my prep for my warm-up starts in the morning. So if I know that tonight I have a squat session, I'm prepping myself mentally as the day goes on. Hey, I'm, I'm at this time, I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to hit this squat. I'm going to do my workout. So I sort of slowly prep myself mentally as the day goes on for that. Same mm -hmm. thing with your nutrition. It's almost like if I know that I'm going to squat today, well, like what's my like one or two meals before that? Like what am I going to eat to make sure that I can sustain my workout? That's going to have more of an impact on my lifting. Yeah. Because it's it, like you said, it's the macro version. It, yeah. it, it, it's it's you're looking at the island, not it being in it, kind of, so to speak, right? Yeah. So I feel like, yeah, it is underrated. Like having like good carbs with your protein mm -hmm. for meal one, and then if you have a second meal, like what's the composition of that meal? Because that way, like you have some sustenance to you know feel. Because if you if you feel hungry during your workout, it's a bad feeling. There's something really wrong with that because that system should be shut off when you're ex exercising. It really should. Yeah, you know, so like I, I almost feel weak. I don't know if that's just a mental thing, but if I'm hungry, I feel weak. You know, yeah. so I like now I don't like feeling bloated and full either. Mm -hmm. But I want to feel like I have some some sustenance in me that I can you know yeah. use as as fuel. The amount of times that I go to clients and they're like, "Oh, I don't know, I I feel I feel so weak today. I'm not hitting the same numbers as last week. I'm not hitting the same numbers as the week before." And my first question is, have you eaten today? Or what did you eat before this workout? And most of the times in, in that situation, the answer is, I haven't eaten, or I've eaten a banana, like, mm. you know, or something like that. Well, this is, this is why then, you know, that food is fuel, right? So this is going to play a, a huge impact in your performance. And if you take your goals seriously, um, you want to make sure that you're schedule, scheduling that in as well. Uh, because I would I would go as far as saying that pre-workout meal is even, or pre-workout nutrition is even more important than post-workout nutrition. Because after your workout, you know, you have the rest of the day or the evening or whatnot to, mm -hmm. to get that, those nutrients in. But if you don't have the appropriate pre-workout nutrition, then you're not going to be able to hit even an intensity that you would like to hit or that yeah. you should be prescribed to hit during that workout. What do you recommend as a pre-workout meal? So it depends on the time that they're working out. If they're having something half an hour before, if it's something like I'm leaving my work or I just woke up and I have this time, 30 minute window, 30 to 45 minutes window to go in and work out, then I recommend simple kind of easily digested carbs that obviously are not going to be disagreeing uh, with your digestive system. So for example, you wouldn't have 
potatoes because that's very starchy that's very high in fiber you want something that is low in fiber easily digested and it's just going to give you that insulin spike that you can use that glycogen uh for your workout then uh so something like white so one thing in brazil that i used to love having was uh pre-workout was white toast with dulce de leche oh yeah wow or banana with dulce de leche that was like so good obviously cool. very sweet i've got a very sweet tooth but so do i you know um so 30 to 45 minutes something like that like toast with uh jam nutella crumpet crumpet with nutella something like that's the time for you to get that sweet in 100 before your workout now if it's two hours before then obviously some uh protein with your carbohydrates to make sure that release of the carbohydrate is slower in the blood uh so it would be a matter of like a smoothie maybe a protein smoothie with banana and then you can have a little bit of fats in there as well nothing too much because fats is really going to weigh you down um but yeah the, that like a little bit of peanut butter in it as well and then if yeah. it's more than two hours before then you can have a bigger meal in terms of like you know having uh, rice like we have in brazil rice yeah. beans uh meats and and whatever you're gonna have or your pasta i guess isn't it so really as a, as a rule of thumb it's like the 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 closer towards your workout you want to have it more simple digestible carbs exactly the further away from the uh, of the of your workout you know you can digest longer you can have more of a, have of a fiber more micronutrients right. more, more fat more, heavy heavy meals uh as per se yeah but yeah this was really good do you have anything else to add no this was this wasn't as big of a rant as last week so i know i think we're calmer today which a lot calmer well because because it's it's friday i'm going away for the weekend i feel good yeah feel good. you're already in the chill road trip mood i already am yep absolutely good all right get another coffee in you before you get on the road oh yeah of course i'll have a few rains for sure all right thanks for listening guys uh follow us on social media so Ma you can find me at manu pozo so m-a-n-u-p-o-double-z-o and you can find michael on common underscore original All with right. an x and that was us thank you very much guys awesome. see you next week peace, peace.